Hello and welcome to Panorama. My name is Sarah Robertson and I'm here with my co-host Dan Torres. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing well. How are you, Sarah? I'm doing great because we have two awesome guests on the show today. We have Meg Yosef and Ava Olson, two crew members and organizers with Trader Joe's United. Uh, Meg is from the Hadley store, which was the first store in the United States to vote to unionize for Trader Joe's, which was a huge deal. And Ava is all the way out in Minneapolis and is looking to, I think, do the same thing. Welcome, guys. So, so I would like to get started with a question for Meg, who is in the Hadley store. Could you tell us how these conversations about forming Trader Joe's United got started and what it was like in those early days? Yeah, sure. Our organizing drive in Hadley started this past January. So it's been a really amazing and intense um you know, eight or nine months for us. We can't believe that this happened so quickly. You know, when we started organizing in January, I discovered that there had been a previous organizing attempt earlier in the pandemic, um, which didn't quite take off. And so really organizing is just about conversations. You know, you I got the idea in my head that we would benefit from a union. I started talking to a few people that I trusted. You know, I said, hey, did you see what's happening at Starbucks? What do you think about doing that here? And saw that my coworkers were interested in that. I connected with Jamie Edwards, who was the person who had been organizing earlier in the pandemic. Um, and between them and a few other people who joined our organizing committee, we were able to have relationships and communicate with people across all different shifts, all different social groups in our store. And at that point, our campaign really took off. And after that vote to approve the union, it, Ava, when did you hear that this had gone through and maybe did that, did that get your mind racing? Yeah, well, I mean, we kind of knew prior to their vote, we had started organizing prior to the Hadley's like final vote. And, um, but yeah, it was like, we had started organizing a little bit and then we had found out about Hadley and then had some conversations with, conversations with them. And then, uh, yeah, we just, it just kind of took off. And then like pretty quickly after day one, we had our vote scheduled and then we won as well, which was super exciting. Um, oh, I'm, I'm curious if you, if you can step back for a second and, and just make the case for the importance of having a union at this moment right now. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of misinformation about out there um, in the collective consciousness about what a union is and what it does and when you really you know distill what a union is for workers it just gives you power in the workplace that's all it really means and so you know i often ask the question like why wouldn't you want a union like why wouldn't you want to have a say in your workplace why would you want to be have something that's so, so integral to your day-to-day -day life be completely determined by your boss or by a company that doesn't even know you um, and so by having a union, we have the power to, you know, change the things that are problematic in our workplace and the power to preserve the things that are great about their, our workplace because our workplace is not, you know, most workplaces aren't all terrible or all wonderful. There's both. And so that's, for me, what it boils down to, just having a say and getting to decide for ourselves what our priorities are and, and sitting down and negotiating the contract. Mm -hmm. How long had you worked for Trader Joe's um, before this process started? 18 years. Nice. And what 
Can you tell us how you saw maybe the working conditions change in that time? Yeah. So when I started at the company, the reti- we so retirement was a big thing that changed, and um, it changed greatly in this past about a year ago. So that was definitely a motivating factor for a lot of crew members. So when I started with the company 18 years ago, all crew members that were eligible received a, a 15% retirement contribution. And so that was really generous. That's not a match. Um, that is the company at the end of the year saying, hey, you did great. You worked, you know, here's 15% of what you earned and we're just going to you know, put it in a retirement account for you. That's amazing. And then 10 years ago, that contribution changed to 10%. And then last summer, so a little over a year ago, the company very quietly changed the language in our handbook to say that we would get a discretionary retirement contribution. So we no longer had any guarantee of retirement, which if you've put in, you know, decades on the job, you are, you know, someone who's really at the stage where you're looking at retirement or even not, um, it makes it very difficult to plan for your future if you may or may not get anything for your retirement in any given year and you have no idea what it will look like. So that was a huge change. Um, There are also changes to the requirements for health insurance. There are a lot more hours to get health insurance. When I started, it was 21 hours a week to qualify, which is wonderful for people who are parents or students, stuff like that. I also think it's important to think about the things that didn't change. Like there are certain ergonomic and safety things that have never changed. So crew are seeing, um, you know, sales volumes skyrocket, but we are still expected to physically do the same, do things in the same physical way. And our bodies can't keep up with that. In the registers, you see in the back rooms, you've seen, you know, they have the freezers are packed full of products. So you really, those are, there are some things that we would like to see. That would be great if they did change and have remained the same for 20 years and really need to be updated too. I'm curious to to know, uh, when you first started the unionizing effort, how did your coworkers uh, respond initially? Did, did you have to work on them? Was there any pushback? Um, there's definitely pushback. And, you know, we, I think Ava would agree, people have the right to feel... They have their, everyone has the right to their opinion yeah. and their philosophy. At the same time, I would say that, you know, 90% of the pushback that we saw in Hadley came not from um, people having accurate information, but from the, the company's union busting campaign. A lot of misinformation was shared and the company and their legal team, they had hired a a union avoidance firm called Lillard Mendelssohn, they distributed a lot of misinformation um, in order to make people feel fearful and stressed out about what a union could mean for them. And so that caused a lot of divisiveness in the store between crew members and also between crew members and management. And at our store, we've worked with some of the same managers for 20 years. So that was really difficult. We have really great relationships with a lot of our management team. So that the misinformation and the um, intentional divisiveness definitely was the source of a lot of the pushback, in my opinion. And Ava, how long have you been with Trader Joe's and do some of these experiences resonate with you too? Yeah, definitely. I've been with um, Trader Joe's for almost four years now. I'd echo what Meg said in that like, 
you spend half your life essentially at work, why wouldn't you want that space to be democratized? Why wouldn't you have, want to have more of a say in the space that you spend so much time in? So that was, a, I mean, just foundationally for me, that was a huge thing. I think too, as well, like just dissatisfaction with how things have gone. I mean, I haven't been there as long as Meg, but I've also seen similar changes in all the stores and even just a emotional relational dynamic shift um, between management and the workers. So yeah, I mean, I think people have been just in general pretty dissatisfied at uh, our store. And I think because of that, our store is very young um, and it's a lot of new Trader Joe's workers. And I think because of that, we had a lot uh, easier time getting people on board. We, we had people like really excited for the union and uh, our final vote at our store was 55 to five, 55 yeses. So it was, yeah, it was a huge like margin and our crew is not even that big so <laughs> um so it was great yeah what was the vote in hadley it was 45 31. Mm-hmm. and that got a lot of that got a lot of attention in the lead up to the vote i know you guys had a rally outside the store and everything what was it um what was the community support like um the community support where we live in, in Western Mass is just incredible. We had a lot of customers coming through to let us know how excited that they they were. You know, our delivery person was like, I'm so excited. I love my union. We'll support through places like the Pioneer Valley Workers Center, who actually gave us organizing support, helped us plan things like our rally. Congressman Jim McGovern came out to the rally to celebrate with us. I, it was really energizing, and we really felt um like held and cared about in our community and people still come in through and are excited. And we have customers wearing, you know, their Trader Joe's United Union grabbed at the rally. And um, we're just really, really grateful for all of that. Did you guys have a rally out in Minneapolis too? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was a good rally. We had uh, Ilhan Omar show up and give a few words and um, some local organizers and um, yeah, it's been, it's been great within the store too. You know, we have like customers coming through. We have a lot of teachers who are part of the teachers union um, that was on, that was uh, on strike, I believe a while back come through and just express their support. Um, so yeah, we've also had a really great outpouring support from the community and from ex Trader Joe's crew, you know, across the country and locally. You guys literally had the two coolest Congress people that yeah. there are. <laughs> it was very, it was an honor to have, you know, people come out and show their support in that way, for sure. And uh, Ava, I wanted to begin by asking you about how the pandemic impacted not only working conditions, but also your um, push to form Trader Joe's United out at the Minneapolis store. Yeah, definitely. So I, well, I've worked at three Trader Joe's locations. And originally when I worked in the pandemic, I was actually out in Los Angeles, um, working in Los Angeles at Trader Joe's. And um, when the pandemic started, things were just wild. It was day by day. Um, It it was so many changes at once. And um, I think one thing that I realized during the pandemic is that you know, we could really be asked to do any job and it didn't matter if it was in the original job description or not. So I remember like standing out in the rain for like an hour directing cars away from the store 
you know, because we didn't have any product on the shelves and things like that. So it was extremely chaotic and extremely stressful. And uh, it just felt like any change, any little change that happened, you had to completely like reform your view or like reassess your day at work. And, and it, it was a continual like adaptation to your environment. And then of course, through all of that chaos, there was a drive to unionize in different parts of the country, which then was responded to with um, a letter from our CEO, Dan Bain, promising to, <laughs> promising to unionize or hold a vote to unionize any store that had above 30%, which at the time, you know, I wasn't extremely knowledgeable on unions, so I thought, oh, that's great. But really, that's just, you know, that's just the law. That's just what, <laughs> what any company has to do if they get 30% or more um, support of unions. So there was all that. So I think like all of those things coming together. And then once I got a little bit more knowledgeable about unions and what, what they could do and how important they are, I really started, a picture started to form of, I'm, I don't have as much power as I think I do at work and I'm being told that I'm getting this great deal and getting all these concessions made for me, but I'm really not. And um, I think for me personally, I think for a lot of crew members, um, it kind of acted as like that last straw to where it's like, you either got to leave or you got to organize. Um, I, I'm curious, I'm curious for, for you to answer a little bit about the risks that employees took during that time, because was the yeah. company willing to accommodate the requests? Were there employees who quit because they were worried about getting sick and then infecting other people? What were you hearing from from your colleagues? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the first thing I noticed immediately was the I'd been in a store for a couple of years and with the same people, and then all of a sudden the turnover rate was huge. And it was a lot of that, you know, fear for your health and safety. Um, a lot of like, we had a lot of like store moms, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like older ladies who, who had just been there forever and everyone loved. And then all of a sudden they were just gone because they were older and they didn't want to risk, um, you know, getting sick. And so just even just stuff like that really affects morale, affects like the mood that you have at work. And I mean, when the when the pandemic started, there was a lot of miscommunication between, I think, the corporate end and the store end, not knowing if we could even wear gloves, wear face masks. The response was very mixed uh, <laughs> um, and, and not great at a lot of points. The how just how were your, your coworkers responding to the initial phase of the pandemic? Were they uh, afraid to um, go to work? Did they decide to leave because they, they couldn't be there? You provided such an essential service at that moment. If you weren't stocking yeah. groceries, people weren't going to have food. You can even discuss that a little bit. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think yeah, a lot of people were very stressed out. Um, a lot of people got sick, not just with COVID, but just from the stress. <laughs> um, people were in and out all the time. I myself took several, you know, month long leaves just for my own mental health. And yeah, I think people were really worried and really frustrated 
the whole um, narrative about you know crew members or Trader Joe's workers, grocery store workers being um, essential or um, you know kind of like getting that like hero pay or, or what you know there was all those words mm-hmm. being thrown around. And right. I think like it was definitely a situation where you felt like I'm glad to have a job, I'm glad to be helping, but if you've ever worked service before, you know that it can also there can be a lot of situations where you feel um, very helpless or, you know, customers or whatever, you can feel very humiliated or um, if you know, if you work service, you know what I'm talking about. And I think that just um, turned that up because not only was it like pandemic time, but people, desperate people were coming in and there's just so many more situations that Mm. were made just that much more stressful. Yeah, put, being the mask police was not part of your job description. No. <laughs> I did not know I was going to have to do that. <laughs> no, yeah. if I can jump in, we were actually told yeah. um, at our store we were not supposed to enforce mask mandates so that we would not get assaulted. Mm, yes, that's <sighs> that. Uh, also we were also just trying to leave yeah. alone if they were, you know, at least in Hadley, we had a mask mandate far longer than um, there was a there was a mandate beyond Hadley. And so we were just able to let folks do their thing and so that we didn't get hurt or start um, an altercation. Wow. So that was fun. Yeah, love your essential employees, right? Yeah. And I think that, you know, that there was the stuff that, that Ava's talking about, about the pandemic, you know, early on, but there's also like, we're still in it. And just at our store this past May, we had a major outbreak where, 25% of the crew got COVID in the span of about four weeks and there were no extra, no extra safety precautions were implemented at all. We just went to work and so many of us get sick. Um, and I've spoken to people at other stores with similar stories where, you know, 25, 30% of the crew get sick in a short amount of time, but it doesn't, um, there's no extra effort to protect anyone. And are these things that you want to address with the new union contract, perhaps like health and health and safety, very fundamental. Yes, very fundamental. And health and safety is an issue on a, a lot of different levels. I think like Ava mentioned, de-escalating situations with customers and community members when that comes up, ergonomic safety, COVID safety. So it's definitely one of the big issues that we're discussing right now in, in our bargaining contract process, we are collecting information from Trader Joe's. We are collecting information in the form of bargaining surveys from crew members, and we'll be able to take all that information and start to democratically create proposals that um, that the crew wants to see. So we're still in the, you know, bargaining is a pretty long process. That's not unusual. And so we're, we're still in those early phases of gathering information and making proposals that the people want to see. I was curious, and you probably don't have an answer for this, but do you have any relationships with other uh, employees at Starbucks or other businesses that have also been unionizing? Is there communication happening across different businesses? Um, Not in depth. We are mostly talking to crew at other Trader Joe's locations, but we have had some communication with um Amazon Labor Union and Starbucks Workers United. Wow. And yeah. 
number of other places too have reached out. Is the information being shared or is it because it's legal and technical, not a lot of information is being shared across what's best practices, what you should be doing, what you should look out for and things like that? Um, I think it's more that everyone is really busy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I mean, there, there's not a, like as much internal communication, but we also do show up for, you know, we've showed up for, um, certain things for like Starbucks in our area and, you know, different events and, and like marches and everything. So there's definitely like communication in that respect, mm. like mutual support. Yeah. And they're showing up to, to your rallies as well. So it's sort of creating that sort of solidarity across businesses and sectors. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. And I wanted to ask you guys how you have been spreading this movement. How are you getting in touch with other Trader Joe's stores? How do you I know, share some of the common goals? So we are actually getting in touch with other Trader Joe's stores. They have been, a lot of crew members have been enthusiastically reaching out to us and saying how... How can we do what you did? How can we organize our stores? So we, you know, I won't get into details, but we are helping other Trader Joe's locations organize under the Trader Joe's United umbrella right now. And it's just really exciting. There was like an outpouring of enthusiasm after, you know, we unionized in Hadley and in Minneapolis. And so we are just helping people with their campaigns. If people reach out, we can take through the entire organizing process from start to finish they'll have you know support and guidance from folks who have done it um and there's just like an immediate connection because we get each other we get each other's jobs trader joe's has a very unique and specific culture to it so even though minneapolis is so far away when we first started talking to them before both of our elections it was really exciting and it just felt like we you know they were our siblings um, and so doing the work of helping other stores organize has been just incredibly rewarding and satisfying and exciting for us. And you guys made the decision, it's the Hadley store, I think, that made the decision not to join an umbrella organization to take the Trader Joe's United independent. Could you explain that to me? Yeah, well, like I said, Trader Joe's is really unique and there is a connection that I feel like crew have, you know, whether you're in, you know, farm town of Hadley or in Los Angeles, wherever we, we get the job, we get the culture. And, you know, by having an independent union, we can be absolutely certain that Trader Joe's workers are the, our union's only priority. We get to, you know, create something from the bottom up where we determine the structure of our union. We determine, you know, how our union is going to function, all of the roles, all of that stuff. So, that's been really exciting for us to, you know, you know, make the road by walking to pave our own way um, and create something that didn't exist before. And we've not been going it alone. There's been a ton of donated support from both local and other, you know, labor organizations. So we have legal support, administrative support, strategic support. So even though we are, a lot of us are crew members who are becoming experienced organizers, we have a lot of help from people who have been doing this for decades. I see you have like lawyers working for you pro bono. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Ava, as someone who's worked at several different stores, could you describe the kind of culture that you guys are trying to preserve at Trader Joe's and maybe what's great about it? Yeah. Um, and Meg, you can jump in too, because there's so much <laughs> like unique about like 
going to a Trader Joe's. I mean, I can definitely say, like, I share that sentiment of, like, going from L.A. to Minneapolis and just coming to the new store and just being like, oh, it's, like, all the same people. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's all the same type of, like, really friendly, like, super, like, helpful and caring person. But, yeah, I think I think one thing that um, has been lost that we want to preserve is – like retention of people like my first store I worked with the same people for two years essentially and now there's been in a lot of places like very high turnover just because of these changes and I love to get to know the people I work with and like form lasting relationships I think different to some other workplaces is that like I have like lifelong friends from working at Trader Joe's um, that I still keep in contact with and I'm still friends with. Um, Meg, what would you say? What What's like a defining characteristic? Um, definitely like the amazing community and social connections. I actually met my wife does. She We work at the same store. So like that part worked out really well for me. Um, and, you know, also Trader Joe's is unique in that um, they have seven core values that like are supposed to be like this filter through which every company decision is made. And that makes makes the company unique. And part of what we hope to do is preserve those values and hold the company to their own values. And a lot of the values center around the customer experience. And, you know, I, part of the job that I love is that we are empowered to create this amazing experience for other people. So if someone comes in and comes through my line and they're like, my dog died and I'm devastated, then, we can, you know, write off a beautiful bouquet of flowers and hug them. And that's like no big deal. I don't need to ask permission to, mm-hmm. you know, go out of my way to make that person's day, to, you know, talk them through a bad day, do something nice for them. Um, and, you know, what I feel like the company is getting away from is this idea that like, and that makes us so unique. That's why people want to go there. That's why it's so important. Shop in the store. That's why we don't sell things online. It's just mm-hmm. part of the brand. And so, you know, how that comes back to the the union piece is that if we're going to support our customers and keep that culture, you also need to support the crew. And, you know, the company can ride on their reputation for a while, but if they continue to change the workplace so that it's not a place where you want to go and feel, and it's not a place where morale is high, you don't feel the camaraderie, you're not being supported with, fair benefits and wages, then it gets harder and harder to offer that experience that makes it need to be there. And eventually, um, you know, that eventually people's perceptions will keep, will catch up with the reality. And so that's definitely also part of, um, you know, what I would like to see us preserve is this experience for the crew and for the customers. They really go, to me, they go hand in hand. Uh, I wanted to know if it, it was true if both stores have filed uh, unfair labor practices against Trader Joe's. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, any. We we have filed unfair labor practices in Hadley, um, and we are hoping to get rulings from the NLRB soon. So the National some, Labor Relations Board. Yes, sorry, the National Labor Relations Board. Um, I've just gotten very used to what that stands for um so some of them are we in hadley we were not allowed to wear union pins although that's something that's protected mm-hmm. um 
we were subjected to a, a lot of, um, you know, misinformation from management, captive audience meetings where we were asked to vote no, um, similar things like that. So we we filed um, unfair labor practice charges for what we felt um, where we thought was appropriate, and ultimately the NLRB will will rule on that, and then um, we'll move on from there. So, so we'll see. I know that you filed. You guys filed a bunch in Minneapolis as well. Yeah, for a lot of the same reasons. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of you know just questioning from managers, um, things being taken down when they weren't supposed to. You know, a lot of lot of different things that feel little but accumulate to be one big anti-union campaign. <laughs> Where do you guys want to see Trader Joe's United go? I imagine you'd like to see every single Trader Joe's unionized and all these concerns addressed. Tell me about your vision for the future. That it pretty much sums up our vision for the future. For any any store that hope that wants to organize, I would like them to have the chance to organize and if they want whether it's with Trader Joe's United or another union of that crew's choosing, um, you know, we feel like having having a say and be able being able to negotiate a contract with Trader Joe's is going to only benefit the crew, um, especially with the changes that we've seen in recent years. It's you know going to help us pull things in the other direction and take care of each other. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I think I think too. Like we have so many different types of people at our stores we have people who need more time to spend with their families we have artists and creative people who need more time to you know pursue their art and their dreams we have people who are trying to better their communities and need more time to organize outside of trader joe's um, so we have lots of different people with lots of different needs and i think we just want everyone in this company to get the best deal possible so we can spend more time on the parts of life that really matter and Dan, I think you had a question for them. I, I did. So when the union gets set up and negotiates with management, how how will that how will that work? Uh, will the union uh, will the employees elect a union and members and they will negotiate with management? Will there be a, a large team? How does that process work? I guess some of the details of how the union will actually work at the store. Yeah, so right now we are in the process of forming our our team. So Minneapolis has already elected two bargaining representatives, um, and Ava, you're you're one of them. And then Hadley's about to elect bargaining representatives also. And so it's really up to us how we want to do it. We're envisioning that every store will have one or two bargaining reps, and then collectively and democratically, you know, we're gathering information and feedback on proposals from every crew member. And so that will be the basis from which we form proposals that we bring to the table, um, along with the legal support that we'll have. And, and once a agreement is reached, what is the follow-up with the actual unions? Will you take that agreement and ask for a majority vote by all of the employees? Is that how it'll work? Yeah, any contract has to be ratified. And that's a big um, misconception that we heard, you know, during our campaigns, like your contract might be terrible, like things might be worse. And it's like, but we would never do that to ourselves. Like we have to you know, negotiate the contract. And then we also vote on the contract, which is a really important piece for, I think for crew members who are considering organizing to keep in mind. Um, and in between your vote, 
and the contract, the terms of our employment don't change and they can't change without communication between the company and the union. So we're actually shielded from any um, negative changes that the company might try to do elsewhere. So that's kind of great. Everything's kind of on pause, which is wonderful. And then we've also, but we still get to benefit from any positive changes. The company just needs to come to us and say, hey, would you like these great changes? And we'll be like, yes, thank you so much. So even without a contract, you know, since we're still in that process, we, we do have, our union still has power, which is really exciting. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I just think it's a big, it's exciting and it's a big responsibility as someone who is part of the bargaining committee, um, just to keep everyone uh, informed, like, you know, getting all that feedback from from the rest of the crew, keeping them informed throughout the process, and then at the end ratifying the whatever contract we land on. I want people to feel like this isn't the contract that you're bringing to me. This is the contract that I helped create. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm super excited for the whole process. As you both were talking, yeah. another question just popped into my head, and I'm curious to know. So you, you mentioned how there were uh, – uh, propaganda by management to convince employees not to support the union. How were you effectively able to counter that? Were you able to speak out uh, after the meetings or did you do it during the meetings? How did that work internally? Um, at our store, we um, had a group chat where people would come and say, hey, I was told this by management. What's up with this? And then we would debunk the misinformation together as a group, um, reach out to the labor organizations that were offering support if it was a question that we really needed, like legal expertise on, for example. So it was really a group learning experience. And I f and the, now we are in a position to, you know, help other people get ahead of that. And really, you know, there's so much misinformation flying around. I think by the end of our election period, we're like, all right, pretty much anything we hear, we're very skeptical about collectively as a group um, and yeah. like all right what is this about like let's let's debunk this one too so i feel like it was a bonding experience to like you know put our heads together and figure out fact from fiction mm. yeah definitely i mean i think in minneapolis we had really good like just on-site like responses to that like you know we'd get someone who was pulled aside and then they'd have that meeting and then they would literally come running to us and be like you know, they just told me this, what does that mean? But a lot of it was just really easy to counteract because it's just simply made up or it's designed in a way that if you think about it critically, it really tell it's them telling on themselves, right? Because you, you have someone coming back and saying, they're saying that if we have a union, we're going to have to stay on register for six hours at a time. And we're going, well, would we ever ask to stay on register for six hours at a time? No. <laughs> Why would we ask for that? That would be them forcing us to do that. So um, a lot of the points were ex like extremely easy to counter. And you guys are doing this in the midst of like a big push for, I don't know, organized labor in the United States. There's Amazon and there's Starbucks. Now there's Trader Joe's right up there with them. Why do you think this is happening now? Why do, why do you guys think there's been such a push to organize workplaces now? Well, you know, it was really interesting because Hadley just happened to be first. It just happened that way. Um, but after we went public and started talking to other stores, we discovered that a lot of stores were thinking along the same lines as us. Like we were not, you know, an island. And so it's no 
accident. Like we're in the middle of a historic moment. And I think the pandemic is a huge part of that. I think being an essential worker, going to work and feeling like your own health and safety is not your employer's priority. Being in fear, um, you know, for many of us getting sick, having health issues from getting COVID and just that feeling of, of not being cared about or looked after to the level that we could be. You know, there were certainly some safety precautions that were taken, but I think that was just really um, what pushed a lot of stores and crew members over the edge to be like, okay, we're not feeling valued. And I think that's part of what was happening, you know, in other places too. It just really, really, really drove that point home in a way that, that, you know, as a service worker, you might feel otherwise, but it was to an extreme level. And at the same time, when your benefits are being cut, um, you know, you're like, okay, I'm coming to work, I'm risking my life. And you're taking our retirement away in the same moment. Like, what's going on here? I think it just became so clear that we needed to have a, a say at work. Yeah, I think like just countrywide, you know, I think people are realizing that there's not a lot to lose and like way more to gain because rent is up, you know, everything is expensive. Um, I find it extremely ironic that many months I have to put groceries on a credit card and I work at a grocery store. <laughs> um, so I think people, I think just in general, people are going, well, there has to be like a different solution because it, this problem isn't working itself out. We need to take it into our own hands. And I think that's a big reason why we're seeing so many you know, union drives across the country because, you know, when push comes to shove, like you can only take mistreatment for so long. Bring you back to something that you said earlier, Ava, um, about like people having lives outside of work. I feel like there's kind of this, I don't know, awakening that like, oh, maybe we don't need to live to work in this life. And I have a I have a sense that maybe this push to unionize all these different workplaces is, is sort of a response to that. Do, do you feel similarly? I, I do. Yeah. I mean, I think ironically, you have to you have to put in a lot of work to be able to, you know, pursue the things that you want. And you, even then you can't always do that. Um, so, yeah, I do think like that's that's very accurate. I think people have. In addition to, you know, not having a lot of money, I think that just translates to not having a lot of free time, like not having a lot of time to do the, the things you love. And uh, I think just in terms of like living your life, those are the most important things. And that's what makes life worth living. So, yeah, that's that's the goal. Get more of that. <laughs> uh-huh. and- and I hope that involves in the future the unions organizing to ask for some profit sharing uh, agreements in the future because it feels like if you're not out there doing the work, nobody's doing it, and thus people aren't buying. And really, it seems like it's employee centric there. It's without the employees, the business can't function and sell. So, in many ways, you know, the big profits that they make, and I know they must be doing well because I walk into the Hadley Trader Joe's on a Sunday at, let's just say, 1230 or one o'clock, and I've never seen so many people in such a small space. I mean, it is intense. Those lines are enormous. Um, oh, yeah. 
I, I mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure Ava, I know you're out there in Minneapolis and I bet it's the same thing that there are certain periods on the weekend where it's, it's something like I've never seen before. So, um, yeah, there are certain periods during the week where, it's, wow. <laughs> where it feels yeah. like the weekend, <laughs> where it feels like the weekend. Yeah. I, uh, Wow. And do you have any parting words for Trader Joe's customers or people at other stores who are curious about what's going on and maybe want to stay tuned in to um, the next moves for Trader Joe's United? Um, well, people can follow us on Instagram or Twitter. I guess my parting words would be, you know, if you're at a workplace and you, you know, want to organize, I'd say go for it. Ava and I are not professional organizers. We are grocery store workers. And I really encourage people to... You know, if this is something they feel would benefit them and their coworkers to just go for it. It's something that regular people can do and are doing all the time. Yeah, 100%. You can you can do it. You you have the intelligence and the power to achieve your goals and uh, don't believe anyone who tells you different. Beautiful. All right, and we'll leave it there. Um, You have been listening to Panorama. We're speaking with Meg Yosef and Ava Alsons, who are um, crew members and organizers for Trader Joe's United here on WHMP. And thank you for listening.